0: Welcome to the My St Albans podcast. Local people talking about the local area and their lives. For licensing and copyright reasons, we're unable to include the music originally broadcast with this episode. Here's Matthew Big. Hello listeners and welcome to My St Albans on Radio Verilum. My name is Matthew Big and uh, this is show number nine. And we have, um, we have a, a local author with us today a very talented local author, uh, someone I've known for a while. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Matt Arledge. Hi, Matt.
1: Hi, Matthew. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm very well. It's the first time I've heard you refer to yourself as Matthew. Is this your stage name?
0: <laughs> it's my radio name, just in case my mum's listening. <laughs> um, I, I've done a few of these, and sometimes I don't even mention my name, and I think someone will say, no, you, you have to mention your name because people want to know who is uh is the host and who is not. So uh Well should yeah. insist on you mentioning your name, you know, that, that's 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 rule number one. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so Matt, for the listeners and there can't be many who don't know who you are, do you wanna give a little brief rundown of your literary C V? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um so basically I'm best known for writing the Helen Grace novels. Um my background's T V but when I was Hitting forty, I had a sort of mini crisis and decided to write uh, a novel, which turned out to be a tremendously good idea as it 's the the one and only time in my life when a when a plan of mine has completely worked um and I had visions of it doing really well and and thankfully it did and i've since written um eight more in that series. The latest one all fall down came out in june twenty twenty um and i've literally just finished the the first draft of the next one so Um, so that's what I'm best known for. I also do TV. I did a show called Innocent on ITV, which is coming back soon once we resume filming post COVID. Um, so yeah, I divide my time between TV and scary, sinister serial killer thrillers.
0: So you got, you got to the age of 40, had a slight midlife and decided to write a book that turned out to be eight, eight and a bit books. Um, that's quite a midlife. Why Did you not think a sports car would be easier? I don't
1: Yeah, it, it might well have been, but uh, uh, less remunerative. And I think the, uh, the thing for me is that I'd always wanted to write, but like lots of people who want to write, I'd sort of slightly ducked it and just gone into the creative industries in a slightly different role as a producer and a script editor. So, sort of, you know, always doing ideas, scripting sort of things, but not actually standing up and, and doing it myself. But in the end, I just thought, well, actually, I really I have loads of ideas. I should stop giving them away and I should actually just do them myself. But in order to save myself embarrassment and doing it in my own industry, which was TV back then, I decided to do it in the publishing industry, because then if it failed spectacularly, nobody would know.
0: And what one thing I would say, I, I was lucky enough to go to one of your book launches. And one of the things I loved about that is that, um you read out reviews of your previous book, but you read out the the bad reviews, which I think is, is it was beautiful. It was like a show in in itself. Well, the, um the thing is after a while, you realize that the
1: Amazon reviews don't really matter unless they're absolutely stinking. And, and the, the ones that irritate you the most are the three star reviews that just say, okay, quite boring or something like that, <laughs> or, or, yeah, fine, not sure I'll bother with the next one. You know, the the, the rave reviews are great. You love reading those. But the one-star reviews generally are so apocalyptically horrible um, and some people are quite imaginative in the way they dissect both you and your novel that they are actually quite funny and they often tell you more about the person writing the review than the book. Um, and so I find them fascinating as character studies, but they also are very funny because cruelty can be very funny.
0: Yeah, I... Th- it was a great evening, and i do i just that was the highlight for me. I'm sorry, but that was the highlight <laughs> because you Jude were you were so sort of honest and so transparent, and it was like yeah um, and it was it, it was really funny, really funny now i've got gotta make something back out of their vitriol <laughs> <laughs> so th- I mean thank you for giving up your time um coming on, I know you're a phenomenally busy man um so welcome to my Albans, It's a very simple show matt you you, I'm going to ask you seven questions, and and we're going to ask you for seven of your your favourite songs. So, uh, are you are you ready to go? I, I'm strapped in. <laughs> Fantastic. So, when when did you when did you sort of uh, kind of become a St Albans resident? How, what's your earliest sort of memories? When did your relationship with the city start? Um, well, it was when you know, like most St Albans is
1: this weird sort of fertility right, isn't it? Where people come if they're not from St Albans originally they come to it um to either get pregnant or have babies and that was really what we we did so Jenny my wife was pregnant with our first child Chloe and we were living in Kilburn at the time and we did, and it was you know Kilburn was fun and fruity but wasn't necessarily where we wanted to bring up uh Chloe and because uh, there were sort of builders sort of pissing in the street in the morning and things like that which was not 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 ideal um, so we decided to um, look elsewhere and we came up to St Albans and had a look around I think it was market day probably so we went through the lovely market and we had coffee and all that sort of stuff um, and then uh, we went around and looked around, the boys school was there and there was some sort of festival going on there with flags and all sorts of exciting things and it was a lovely sunny day and I, and we remember just thinking this is a really really uh, nice, fun place to be. And, and, you know, that was echoed when we did eventually move in. I remember walking into the garden, literally just of boxes had just arrived and we're walking into the garden and hearing the cathedral bells and just thinking, wow, it feels like we've just moved to Winchester or something from, from Kilburn. And it was just, it was a big sort of um, shift uh, for us. Um, but we, you know, we sort of fell in love with it on the spot on that first visit, really. So that was back in 2006.
0: Wow, and you've stayed ever since absolutely yeah wouldn't wouldn't change yeah, and I think um you're not uncommon in that, I think there's a lot of people that have they get to a point in life and you know London becomes you know a place which it maybe wasn't in their twenties or something, and then they go, you know what, it's time to grow up and make it a home, and a lot of people do sort of travel north and um yeah All
1: right. yeah and i think yeah so sort of north london drift isn't it and i mean i don't know what it's like now but at the time we swapped you know relatively nice but but still it was a flat a sort of two-bed flat for a sort of small four-bed house near the odyssey um and but that all felt very grown up getting a little house and it was sort of sweet victorian thing but it was a house with a garden you know and all those sort of yeah. things that you know when you want to play play at families you sort of need because you want to be hauling your buggy up to the top floor flat you know and it it just felt like a sort of really obvious, obvious switch, really. And as I said, we've we've had, you know, 14 happy years since.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent. And um what's your first song for us today? What have you got? Um well, thank you for doing this. I've always dreamed of doing Desert
1: Island Discs, and and and, and so this is a this is a marvellous experience. Um on Desert Island Discs, people always reference their mum and their dad and all the wonderful music they played and how their song, you know. I can't do that because Pop music, rock music, jazz meant nothing to my folks. They were pure classical, um, and which was great, but it didn't entirely float my boat. So first musical memories really come from my older brother, who really was into his music. He loved Blondie, all of those sort of stuff. But his particular favourite was the jam. And so I think the first group that I
0: really liked were the jam. And so my first song is A Town Called Malice. And that was A Town Called Malice by The Jam. Um, a good start, Matt, a really good start. I, I'm... I do like that song, actually. Really <laughs> I'm good. Glad. I'm glad. Really good. Um, so now, what what's made St. Or, what, what St. Albans is home? What what has made it home for you? Well, well, why did I settle here? Do you mean, or
1: or what's is is? I mean, I think that the the the, the truth to that answer is it was largely sibling rivalry is why I came here because um, my sister was living in Bounds Green, I was living in St. Albans, um, and sorry I was living in Kilburn rather, and we were looking for somewhere to move to and my sister thought oh, St Albans looks nice, why don't we check that out? Um, and so she was looking around and, and I thought well that does sound quite a good idea. So then we went and bought a house in St Albans before she did, which really irritated her enormously as it had been her idea, um, and, and moved into Paxton Road just behind the Odyssey um, and about six months later, my sister also moved into Paxton Road and we lived uh, a few doors down from each other for a, for five, ten years. And our kids went to the same school together. Um, and I remember that first day of being being in Paxton Road that um, lots of people came out and they said hello. And they said, do you want a hand? Anything? Do you want some you know, tea, sugar, whatever else you need? And in all my years living in various properties in London, that had never, ever happened to us. And it, it was just amazing that it happened within like the first 2 hours of moving to St Albans um and th- those sort of things leave quite a nice first impression and um yeah we lived in that that house for nearly 10 years and it was it was lovely and even more lovely when the odyssey came and we could be in the foyer
0: within 40 seconds that was great <laughs> um yeah i i um i do like that part of town it's it's had a well the odyssey i think kick started it and you know you've You've got the beer shop down there now and you've got Charlie's and yeah. Prime and yeah. No, it's brilliant. Great, great part of town. Yeah, I really like that. Um I hear your second song is a Beatles song. What 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 have you got for us? Um so yeah, the first record I ever bought
1: was The Beatles Rock and Roll Volume Two, uh, which was very fun. Um and I was a massive Beatles fan as a kid, still am really, but I used to, me and my best friend, Richard, we used to get out the squash rackets and pretend to play the guitar and he'd be Paul and I'd be John because I was a slightly nastier one. Um, and we would sing along to these things. And my sister and I also love the Beatles. We used to watch um, A Hard Day's Night, quite a lot, love that film. And this is a Beatles song that probably not everyone knows, but it's from A Hard Day's Night and it's called I Should Have Known And that
0: better. was the Beatles, I Should Have Known Better, I, I... I'll be honest, I should have known better. I don't. I didn't know that song at all um, until uh, you sent them through and I did a little bit of research. Um, but it's nice. It's a nice, nice song. Very good. Yeah, I like that. Um, so this is My St Albans on Radio Verlund. We're still here with Matt Arledge. Um, thank you for today, Matt. Uh, it's really good. Um, so uh, question number three, uh, what makes you most proud about the city? Well, I think for me it's
1: two things which are linked: it's the sense of community and the sense of creativity. I mean, I think what the difference you get living in St Albans is it has its own identity, whereas in London, for example, in, uh, Christmas in London there are millions of different pantomime. Different, whereas in St Albans there is one pantomime. Bob Golding's in it, and that's it. You know, and everyone goes there, and and I love that sense of community, the sense of events that draw the whole um, community together, and I think that sense of community spills out into all the wonderful events that take place, whether it's the film festival, whether it's a beer festival, food festival, whatever it may be. Um, There are so many interesting, creative, entrepreneurial, fun-loving people um, in this uh, city. People also with a social conscience um, who really sort of want to bring people together and do exciting things. And I think I've just been, Really overwhelmed and impressed constantly by how many ideas there are and how many things there are going on, and just what fun it is to live here and to be able to take part in all those wonderful enterprises.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things I like about the city map that it, you know, there's always something going on, and it's always something that you think happens in other cities, but actually it happens right here in our city. And they're always They're always run by people they're not they're not run by organizations and I I, I don't know if that makes sense to our listeners but um the people that run most of the events in the city are run by people You, you know you can you can rock up and you can chat to these people they're not run by these you know big events organizations or anything like that and I I don't know I think that's really, it's a really good answer, I think, community and events, yeah. Yeah, And and also just that it has a sense of
1: identity, I think, St Albans, which, you know, there are loads of satellite towns of London, whether it's Seven Oaks or Maidenhead or or all these places where people live in it when they still want to get access to London. But actually, I think St Albans is quite unique in a way, of just having such an identity, partly because of its history, because of the strong Roman presence and the Civil War and all those other really interesting aspects. But, you know, it is something that's constantly evolving and, and trying to be modern. And you mentioned the lovely little beer shop on London Road again, which is, you know, the, the equal of anything you'd find in London. And there are just lots of interesting self-starters, including yourself and others, um, you know, who just make the place a really colourful and enjoyable uh, place to live, I think.
0: Yeah. And I think there's other places you go to that has architecture like we do, but which defines the city. Yeah. and. Let me see if I get this right. But what I think about St Albans is that the architecture is the backdrop to the city and the people that live amongst that architecture make it what it is. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the best best of all worlds, I think. Um song number three, what have you got for us? Okay, this
1: is slightly later on in my, my life now. I went to university um after a year off and on the first day I met uh Jenny, who actually loathed me on site, I'm pleased to say. Um, <laughs> I was the absolute definition of public school twat who she thought she would encounter at this particular university, uh, having just come back from India, sort of finding myself and all this sort of thing with long floppy hair. Um, and so it took me a little while to sort of win her round. But uh, we later got together and then got married and had children. So we've been together since I was 19, so that's quite, quite a few years now. Um, and we share, we're not one of those couples who are sort of opposites attract, we, we're we different temperaments, but we like lots and lots of the same things, and that our passions are sort of the same, uh, musically, particularly. Um, I'm a huge, huge Prince fan, he's probably my biggest musical idol of all. Um, Jenny, fortunately, is a big fan too, and we went to see him together before, uh, when he did his residency. In fact, when he did his residency, I went to see him four times including the first night which was very fun um and a song that she loves that you know binds us together but also always makes me think of jenny dancing around is uh raspberry
0: uh, beret by prince um four times you went to see him four times i went
1: to see him four times yeah and uh, the, every concert was different which was great and i always remember the because prince is a, he's, he was a sort of cunning one he never really played exactly what you wanted you you, he wouldn't do the stones and just do back-to-back hits he'd sort of go off all over the place and there was always that slight fear he might just play the the sort of later stuff um but i do remember the very first night uh, at the residence he hadn't played in 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 britain for like 10 or 15 years and suddenly all the lights went out and he just and he played the opening three chords or whatever it is of purple rain and he just said, have you missed me? And everyone sort of went berserk and it was great, you know,
0: and, and then he just went for it. And, uh,
1: yeah, it was, um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm terribly sad I won't ever see him again.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he, he uh, we've lost some greats and he is definitely up there. Yeah. He's definitely. Up there. Right. Um, so my next question is my favourite question, I won't lie. Um, what is your hidden gem in St Albans? Oh, man, this that's a tough one, isn't
1: it? There are so many good little ones. Mine's not really a hidden gem, I have to say. It's sort of quite an obvious one, but I um, now that I've moved over to the other side of town, over into the rural wastes of Marshallswick, um, my favourite little haunt is um, a coffee shop there called Fade to Black, um, which opened a year or two ago and is is fa- fabulous. Um, I, I write a lot of my novels and work out and about in um, cafes or whatever. The first... Few were um, written in Waterstones Cafe, uh, which was very nice. Um, but now I've graduated to stuff on the other side of town and uh, I love the vibe of the place. I love the food. Coffee obviously great. And I think a lot of my future works will be composed in that little arena. Wow. And are they aware of this? I don't think so. they you know, they're they're too busy being you know organic and lovely and interesting yeah you know but they 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 also encourage they try and have a lot of um events there seminars stuff community events i I think I mean just before Kobe struck I think they got their license so I think they're gonna do cocktail nights there and um, right. but they do wellness sessions all that it's just like a proper nice um community space but it's done in that slight sort of it has a slight sort of so house feel to it which is nice
0: as well um and so yeah that, that's it's it's a great yeah I've yet to be. I've not been there at all, so uh, yeah. that's, one I, that's one I need to check out. Should you be over that
1: side of town?
0: I will check it out. Maybe you should just, uh, in your next book, maybe you should just drop their name in, just to give them a little mention. Yeah,
1: Matt Matt Baker be or Matthew Baker be murdered
0: in would Be great, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, <laughs> uh, what? don't have me murdered. Don't I? I want uh, I want to be in the second book, Matt. Yeah, okay, okay. you want to be a sequel? Okay. Fair, uh, okay um you mentioned the rolling stones earlier what have you got for us so
1: again this is another jenny and me song but with a addition of chloe this time in that when we were um expecting chloe we went to as many concerts as we could on the basis that we would probably never leave the house ever again after chloe was so i think chloe sort of when she was in in the womb sort of probably went to four or five big stadium concerts um and Jenny is a Big Stones fan, had never seen them. Um, her favourite song of theirs is Sympathy for the Devil. And um, when we went to see them at the O2, they just, I think it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. They didn't muck around with any of the new stuff. It was just awesome back-to-back catalogue. Um, and for Sympathy for the Devil, they came right over to where we were sitting, uh, Mick and Keith, and basically sort of sang it to in our heads to me and Jenny because they were only like 20 feet from us. And they sang Sympathy for the Devil directly at us. Um, and so that is my
0: fourth song, Sympathy for and the Devil. And that was the Rolling Stones' uh, Sympathy for the Devil, uh, another great tune. Thanks, Matt. Um, so we're still here, st Organs on Radio Verulin, Um, The amazing local author that is Matt Arlidge. Um, How are we doing, Matt? Halfway through? Still good? Yeah, I'm, I'm full of energy. Could could go on for, for 20 songs. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so explain your perfect St Organs Day.
1: Right well that's again I mean so much to choose from really but I think um since lockdown like a lot of people I've been probably doing a little bit more exercise than, than I would normally so I think we have to start with a run because when I have got up early um I do love to just get out before everyone's up and about and and run around out towards Chilbrookbury, somewhere like that, probably. Um, I always have my headphones on. I'm always listening to Desert Island Disc, which I have just absolutely romped through, and I know so much more about music and, and weird and wonderful people, so I'll have that on. So I'll have my run. Then I'll go into town in the morning for coffee, mill around, go to the shops, go to the lovely little bookshops there as well as water, all those sort of um, enjoy that, maybe go to the market. Then I think it would have to be lunch at Dylan's at the King's Arms, which is, which is probably my favorite place um and then in the afternoon i think i mean i do love getting out walking i think perhaps heading over to um heartwood forest over towards no man's land all that sort of area there love the fact that when you get up there you do actually get a lovely view over you know from up high which is i think a great pleasure and a privilege especially during lockdown to be able to get out and see all that uh and then i think go home dump the kids at that point i think and then into town um probably start at sucker punch for cocktails and then thereafter see where we go because you know so many things to choose from but I think a lot of fresh air a lot of exercise but also a lot of food and drink that that seems to be one of St Albans again sort of kind of real hot spots and and things they're good at so I would uh, definitely sort of go down that that avenue
0: sounds like a perfect day I I was up at the uh Heartwood Forest uh last night maybe the night before and it's such an amazing space. We, I just, I don't, I don't think we know how lucky we are to have that kind of on our doorstep. Yeah, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And it was interesting, a couple of my friends eventually when
1: lockdown starts to ease a little bit um, recently, they came up and um, we went for a walk around there. And I think, you know, they, they've they been obviously getting out occasionally in the parks in London, but I think, Something about being up high, wind in your face, just being able to see for miles and miles, which elevates the soul a little bit. And I think they were rather taken aback that this was literally on our doorstep and how how, how lucky we were.
0: Yeah. And I think what I quite, what I quite like about it is if you've got kids or not got kids, if you've got a dog or you don't have a dog, or if you like to run or you like to walk or you like to cycle, or if you have a horse, it caters for everyone, and the other thing I quite like about that you can you can cross the road and there's another little bit that not many people go to. I also quite like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, to pick up on another point, um, I'm a massive fan of Dylan's. I I think that as a place to eat, a place to drink, and a place to meet people is is just amazing. I'm a big fan. I wish, at times, I wish it was bigger, but I think if if it was bigger, it wouldn't be Dylan's. No,
1: no. uh, But I think a lot of those places face a lot of, you know, potential difficulties now, sort of post-COVID, and it would be great if somehow they can survive and prosper, because they are unique and wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're lucky to have Dylan's, and uh, yeah, I look forward to that when it it reopens. Um, So, song number five what have you got for us uh
1: so this is the one which is um an unusual one Coldplay is sort of I wouldn't say they're my favorite band of all time but this particular song means quite a lot to me because um when my first book was published in 2014 I didn't really sort of have much expectations of how it would do but um by sort of miraculous chance, it was picked up and promoted by the Rich and Julie book club. And she went on radio two and on this morning on ITV sort of talking about me and my book, which was quite bizarre. Um, and as a result of their help and general good luck, it was the best selling crime debut that year. So I was rather taken aback by the level of success it had. And I remember being in Bristol a couple of months later, um, walking to a crime event. I was gonna go and um, talk at one of these uh, crime festivals. And I was it was early in the morning, I was listening to whatever was on and Paradise came on and I just had some news about the fact that it had been sold to Germany, France, and I was a bestseller in South Korea or whatever it was. Everything seemed to be happening at once. And the very beginning of that Coldplay song has a bit where the sort of bass really kicks in and it's a sort of very powerful. And I remember just feeling weirdly enormously powerful that day. I felt like I'd done something amazing and that it really happened. And for the rest of that day, I sort of felt... I could run through walls, and that that from now on life was going to be great. And it's so sort of it's the most sort of physical reaction I've ever had to a song. Um, and and whenever I listen to it, I still flash back to twenty fourteen and that feeling of "fuck, I've actually oh, pardon me, I've actually done this."
0: You know, it's amazing. This is uh, Paradise by Coldplay, and that was Coldplay's Paradise. Uh, did that take you back, Matt? certainly did amazing it still still gives me the shivers um uh, has a mixed reaction to people some people kind of love it some people hate it some people love to hate them um i i've seen them live and they are really good as a live act they're uh, amazing um uh quite a good they they
1: were one of the one of the bands that we went to see when Jenny was pregnant, and you know they sort of have this image of being a bit sort of mournful and introspective. Actually, he's an electric performer. I think Chris Martin. Oh, he's and, a great. He's yeah. a very underrated front man. Very underrated. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And well, I can't remember for some reason we were watching. Me and my kids were watching the the, the Super Bowl halftime concerts. The other we were watching a few of them, and there was Prince, and there was this, that, and the other. And then you see the one that Chris Martin does where he gets Beyonce and uh, Bruno Mars doing a sort of boy versus girl battle off. And then, um, you know, DJs, but it was just, and it was, I'm sure it was all his idea. It was just brilliant showmanship. But Each time you thought it was over, it got bigger and better. And it was, you know, and it was quite generous. It included other artists. You know, it was just, I thought this guy's seriously good front man.
0: What a performer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, My next question isn't meant to be negative uh, and I don't want to, you know, dissuade your positivity um, at all. But if there's one thing you could change about St Albans, what what would it be? Well, there there are a
1: few obvious things which I'm not going to bore everyone with. I think traffic is clearly the main one, which is just... You know, during lockdown, it's been marvellous to just sort of walk around, cycle, go everywhere. That's slowly coming to an end and we're going to become as as clogged as ever. But I think I'll go for a less boring one, which is just I think we could do with a few more bars, if I'm honest. I think I love Sucker Punch and I've had many a happy Pisco Sour uh, in in their uh, environs but I think we could do with a few more of those. So you could go on a proper sort of cocktail crawl. Cause I feel these amazing pubs, of course, because of the history of the place. But I think a few more cheeky cocktail bars, uh, perhaps even somewhere you could dance that, that would just, uh, you know, set it off nicely.
0: Well, I think uh, any, any listeners out there that uh, run any uh, local establishments, um, we want more, please. Yeah. We want more. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Traffic is the obvious one. And I'm with you. It has been lovely to walk everywhere where there's been no cars. I think that's been a, if there any highlights of this horrific year, (laughs) um, less traffic has been, uh, has been one of them. Definitely. Um, So, um, song number six, what have you got for us?
1: Okay. So, so I've done, done my early years. I've done patting myself on the back and I've, um, Uh, given a a, a affectionate romantic nod to Jenny. Now we move on to the kids. Um, when the kids were small, I've got two, Chloe and Alexander. They, um, I, Jenny was working in London. I would often pick them up from nursery on Friday and we'd come home and we'd have the Friday playlist, which we'd put on the old fashioned iPod that weighed a ton and stick it on. And there would be all sorts of randoms like primal scream. Chloe was quite into status quo at that point, age three or whatever, four, whatever she was. Um, but one of our absolute favourites that we dance to a lot and still makes us very happy
0: is Oliver's Army. And that was Oliver's Elvis Army Costello. by Elvis Costello. Um, once again, you, you, you're educating me today, Matt. That's a song that I haven't heard. Oh, so, awesome. Uh, awesome sir! Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, we are on to our final question. Um, it's coming to an end, Matt. Sorry about that. I know. Uh, that too soon too soon <laughs> so um if just tell us a little bit about your your future plans what what have you i know you've got a, a a ninth book to write what what else is going on um so yeah i mean i divide my time between basically
1: um tv and film that's sort of how i uh, i live my life and so i'm going to carry on writing the helen grace books i've got sort of standalone books planned as well um, but TV is is what I'm trying to sort of, re- as a writer, where I'm really trying to sort of focus my efforts. So we've got Innocent 2, which will be on ITV, I guess, sometime next year, um, which we're going to film in Ireland, hopefully, starting September, as long as no uh, second wave engulfs us. Um, so that'll be very exciting. That's a four-part drama for ITV. And I'm just literally um, trying to get those off the ground. Also trying to do an audio drama. I did an original one for Audible uh, a couple of years ago with Andrew Scott, who is the sexy priest from Fleabag and various other things. And we're hoping to do a sequel now because he's even more famous now than he was then. Uh, And that's a big sort of spook star in my five adventure, but it'd be great to have him doing that for us. So I'm just trying to sort of, lockdown has been quite creatively exciting in a way. I've had lots of ideas during that time. And now it would be great just to try, whether it's audio, TV, books, whatever, to try and get those stories out there for people to enjoy. It
0: sounds busy, Matt. It sounds busy.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully. Fingers crossed.
0: Uh, Fingers crossed. Um, And our final song, what have you got for us?
1: Uh, Okay, so quite a cheesy one, this one. I make no apologies for that. Um, But uh, we often go to France on holiday. Um, That's our sort of summer thing. And we jump in the car and off we go. Um, And this song, um, the kids make a playlist to take with us. Uh, They're a bit older now. And George Ezra sort of came on the scene a couple of years ago. We saw him at Latitude last year. He was great. Um, And this song, uh, for me, just I'm transported to the car. We're in France. We're happy. We've left work behind. And we're driving down towards the sunshine, the four of us. um, And we're all content and happy. And this
0: song, his shotgun. And that was pictures. "Shotgun" by George Ezra, and that unfortunately was our final song for today. Uh, this is my Albans on Radio Verulam and we have been very lucky to have the amazing Matt Arledge uh, on today's show. Uh, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you had fun. I had
1: enormous fun, not only chatting to you but also choosing the songs. And and uh, yeah, no, that was that was enormous fun to pick those little moments in your life that have meant something to you.
0: No, it was brilliant. And, um, yeah, I, look, Matt, you know, I'm a massive fan of yours. Um, I love what you do. Um, uh, I wish you all the best in, uh, in the future. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Matt Arlitt. My St Albans was presented by Matthew Big. Production editing was by Troy Williams. You can find more local people talking about their lives and the local area in the podcast series, just subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. If you'd like to support our free podcasts, head to radioverulam.com donate. Thank you.